you pay your taxes now, but it grows tax-free. And then when you take withdrawals out, you don't pay taxes on that money. So it does not affect your tax brackets in retirement. So we're a fan. If you have you know, at least five years or longer to work, you should be putting money in these Roth accounts. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome in to the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George, along with Mike Coynan, founder and owner at PrincipalPreservationServices.com. We are into the fourth quarter of the of the year, Mike, and I know a lot of people start thinking about taxes a little bit more towards the end of the year. So yeah. I think today it's good to talk about some, some pros and cons of different types of accounts and, and how it relates to tax consequences. Yeah, and I think it's good because I think... Um you know, as I sit down with people, you, I assume they know all the differences in the type of accounts, but we find um, some of the basics we just need a quick review on because uh, we get kind of, they get jumbled together for some people and it's not as cut and dry for them. So I think it's a good review for people. Yeah. So whether you're listening to this when it's released uh, in the fourth quarter or, you know, another time of the year, tax planning is always important within your financial plan. So we want to kind of help you understand the advantages and disadvantages of these different types of accounts, retirement accounts, and different investment options you might have, and how they apply to your taxes and how it might affect you down the road. So that's the goal today on the podcast. We're going to put it up online after we get done at principalpreservationservices.com. You can find it there. You can also listen to past episodes as well. Plenty of great information and education along the way that we've done in the past. So you would appreciate it if you go back and listen and also subscribe to the show. If you haven't done that already, you'll find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the major podcasting platforms. And we have two new episodes every single month. We'll have a couple of mailbag questions coming up a little bit later as well. So make sure you stick around to the very end. But let's jump into this tax conversation. And Let's begin with, I think, the most common type of account that people invest in, Mike. Those are those tax-deferred accounts, like the 401ks and mm-hmm. IRAs. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages here? Yeah, well, the big advantage is when you contribute to a, your employer-sponsored plan, like a 401k, 403b, 457, TSP, uh, you get a tax um, deduction off your you know, income. So uh, what happens? So you can, if you're 15 older, you can contribute... Uh, you know, twenty six thousand dollars a year um, into your four hundred one k. So, uh, which is a nice benefit. That's why these employer sponsored plans are very popular right now. Because um, let's say you're over fifty and you're making a hundred thousand a year, and you maximize your contributions to a four hundred one k. That's twenty six thousand. You don't get taxed on that twenty six thousand contributions. So you only get taxed on seventy four thousand of your income because that comes off your income. So there's a lot, some confusion. People are like, oh, I, now I'm 72 and that's the new required minimum distribution age when you have to take taxes out. You have to at that point, a certain percentage. People are like, I already paid taxes on this money and I have to pay taxes again. I go, no, you didn't. You didn't pay a dime of taxes on this money. You get a tax deduction off your income and reduce your income. And so now you will have to. So it's nice to get that tax deduction while you're working, but you also have to know, you know, over time that money's going to grow and, and accumulate and hopefully double and triple maybe some down the line. You're going to pay higher taxes eventually. You're going to get a tax deduction. Like right now we're under the Tax Cut Jobs Act that was passed uh, from President Trump here a few years ago. Well, we're at these lower brackets, most likely, we don't know. Um, so when you, you get a tax deduction at lower brackets, and then when the, if we go back to the original brackets where they were in 2016 and earlier, they were higher percentages, 
you most likely be paying at a higher tax bracket in retirement. It all depends what your income will be. And with IRAs, the same thing. Um, you can contribute up to $7,000 a year with the catch-up if you're over 50 years old. You can't, con- put a, you can't put as much into an IRA as you can a 401k. So it's good for that tax deduction if you need it while you're making good income, but you will pay taxes eventually when you take withdrawals out in retirement. So definitely some things to think about and, you know, could be, this could be a good thing for you or you might want to, uh, to avoid the tax deferred option. But again, each of these things have pros and cons that you'll want to discuss with your advisor. Next one is our tax free accounts, Mike, the Roth IRAs. And you hear the word tax free and you think, okay, this has to be all advantages, right? Yeah. And it's great for, uh, for people. I recommend if you have time and, uh, you're not retiring for a while to, you pay your taxes right away when you invest into a, a Roth IRA, or even if you have a Roth employer-sponsored plan like a 401k, TSB, so on. You pay your taxes now, but it grows tax-free. And then when you take withdrawals out, you don't pay taxes on that money. So it does not affect your tax brackets in retirement. So we're a fan. If you have you know, at least five years or longer to work, you should be putting money in these Roth accounts. Um, the reason I say that is you want, like I had a meeting last night in my office and uh, he's a year and less than a year and a half from retirement, does not have a Roth and he's got like 15 months left. He's just started a different company and he's just going to start the employer sponsor plan 401k. He says, should I do Roth or should I do, you know, just a traditional 401k? And being that he doesn't have it, uh, a Roth right now, I said, you could do it, but it's not going to be a huge advantage to you. Um, you're going to accumulate maybe, you know, $2,500 of contributions plus some growth. So it's not going to make a big difference in your retirement plan at this point when you have such a short period of time. And those monies would be needed in retirement. So it's not going to make a huge difference. So for his situation, it wouldn't affect his tax brackets at all either way. I just thought it'd be better to get the tax savings right now uh, for him because it was such a short period of time. Now, the Roth 401ks, again, it gives you some advantages, too, because if you're higher income, you can contribute um, into Roth uh, 401ks, where Roth IRAs have income guidelines. If you make too much money, you can't even contribute to a Roth um, Roth account. Um, and also, you can get more money into a Roth. So that's a great piece of it. But you'll get less money on your paychecks <laughs> contributing to a Roth than you would a traditional account because you don't get a tax deduction. But I'm a fan, um, and most people that I work with um, over the years who, um, that's one of their biggest regrets. They said, I wish I would have done more Roth uh, when I was working, and I wish my employer would have told me I had a Roth option so I could have built those Roth accounts up. So I would definitely look into the Roth. Here's another benefit of the Roth as well, Ben, is okay. um, you know when the SECURE Act was passed here in 2019, almost two years ago, um, what it did is shortened if your kids inherit your IRAs, uh, they have a 10-year window now. They can't stretch it out over their lifetimes. So they have to take your IRA monies out within 10 years. Um, and that could be a big tax hit. Um, now, with a Roth account, you know that's tax-free money. So they don't have to worry about any taxes. So if you, the more Roth you have, uh, the better legacy behind, the less tax consequence you're going to leave behind to your children. So that's another big reason to look at Roths. A lot of things to think about there and the reason why more and more people are utilizing the Roths within their retirement plans. All right. What about taxable accounts, Mike? I'm thinking about, you know, like your brokerage accounts, the ones that are mm-hmm. after tax like this. How, how can you utilize these for retirement planning? 
Yeah, these are great. We call these non-qualified accounts that uh, these are not Roth, non-traditional IRAs. Um, you see a lot of people have these. Now, the thing with this, and some people don't understand the rules with that, but if you have, just say you have Apple stock and, and then you, you trade out of that investment, you sell that stock and then you buy a different stock, well, taxes are due if, you made, if that stock made money. And so I remember there's another client of ours that you think they you know knew that, but he was doing a lot of trading. And he's like, as long as I keep the money in my TD Ameritrade account and doesn't go in my bank account, I don't get taxed. I go, no, that's not true. Every time you make a trade, if it's positive, you'll get a 1099 here <laughs> for next year. Um, so you have to be very careful. And then you have long-term taxable gains. So if you hold that stock for a year and a day, it's called considered long-term and there's long-term capital gains rates. And if it's short-term, if it's less than a year, it's gonna be at your standard tax bracket rate. Um, so you have to understand that um, it's not the same. You could trade within your IRA and there's no taxes due because you're just trading and it's not hitting your bank account as income. But as soon as you trade in a non-qualified account, um, you can have, if it's positive, you're gonna have uh, a 1099. Um, it could be long-term or short-term. So you have to be very careful of that. And then also a lot of people have like mutual funds in these non-qualified accounts. You can get 1099 without you making a trade because if that fund is constantly making investment changes within the fund, you could still get 1099. That's why it's important to be in um, tax-conscious accounts, tax-conscious non-qualified accounts if you're going to be in some sort of mutual fund um, not to be in a fund that's going to be constantly turning over those investments. So another benefit of those taxable accounts, though, is nice is you're not limited to the 59 and a half age, which means, um, you know, if you put money into your Roth account or your IRA, you have to wait till 59 and a half to start withdrawing money. Otherwise, the IRS will penalize you. If you have a non-qualified account, you can take money out at any age without penalty. You know, so it doesn't mean it's not going to be taxed, but at least penalty-wise, you're not going to uh, incur any of that. All right, some great information there. Right, let's talk a couple more investment uh, options or a couple products that people like to utilize. Uh, let's first start with CDs. What what, mm. what are the tax consequences here? Well, not much anymore because <laughs> CDs don't pay much anymore. Yeah, I was helping client trying to find a good CD. is like an oxymoron right now. What does a good CD pay? A one-year CD at you know 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6%. Um, yeah, I'm not not so much a fan of CDs because you're tying up your money. You know whether it's a six-month CD, which or a year CD, which they're illiquid, um, and then they're going to give you this awful interest rate that's keeping you know well behind inflation. So you know if inflation just say is three and a half, and you're getting a half, you're you're losing three percent a year. So you know if you started with a hundred thousand to a CD. If you didn't make at least, uh, you know, say three and a half percent, you're losing. And if you're only getting a half, you, you just lost $3,000 of equivalent dollars uh, a year later because it's not keeping up. So I'm not a fan of CDs. You do get a 1099 at the end of the year of the interest made, just like if you had a, you know, a savings account, which what are savings accounts paying? 0 0.05, 0 0.1, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe at a credit union, 0.2, maybe. Right. So, um not a huge tax consequence, but you will you will get a 1099 for any interest. I, I was just thinking uh, back in the 70s and 80s when I used to walk to the bank when I had paper routes and mowing lawns and all the stuff that I did and put money in the bank. And he had this, you know, he had this little savings book. Do you remember the savings book? And yeah, um, 
gosh, I think the interest rates on sa- savings accounts were like, you know, 8%, you know, 10% saving yeah. interest rates in the 80s. Obviously, loan rates were outrageous as well, too. But uh, for somebody who didn't have loans as a kid, it was great getting those kind of those good right. interest rates. Yeah, times have changed, Mike. There's no question about that. Maybe it will yeah, return to a day where we see interest rates at a higher number, but it's not. Well, inflation's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. All right. Good point. All right. Let's uh, close out with one more life insurance. I don't really think much about the tax consequences of life insurance, but what should we be considering? Well, first of all, if you inherit life insurance, it's tax free. So, okay. um, you know, as a beneficiary, I had this conversation with the client last uh, last night. Is you know, do we take the do we take the single only pension or we take the joint pension? And it was about almost a hundred dollars difference. And I said, well. What we can do, we call this the pension max, is you can actually, you know, if you take the single pension, as long as your wife is protected, if, if you were to pass within like 15 years, she'll get tax-free life insurance. So that's that's what we call like maximizing your pension. So you're, you're kind of hedging your pension, <clears throat> get it taken a higher payment, and she'll get life insurance. But on a tax consequence, um, you don't get a tax benefit for investing into life insurance. Um, but there are some some life insurance products, you know, know, permanent life insurance, like uh, there's some whole life they don't work that great with, but like index universal life, they actually have this nice ability that you can take, uh, your cash value is growing, you can take tax-free loans out of your life insurance and supplement your retirement. So that has been more popular than it's ever been. Um, It works really well for people who are in good health to to get qualified for life insurance put um, money into the account that grows your death benefit, grows your cash value over time. And then they have these called these tax loan rates where let's just say uh, your, your tax loan rate is five, but the account has been averaging seven. So you're taking money out, but the interest that's made is is over, uh, over and above of what the loan rate was. And you don't have to pay the money back. So some people are very savvy and they do this and we've helped some people with this as well. Um, it's not a traditional investment, you know, because it's, it's totally different. It is life insurance, so they don't treat it like a true investment, but it's something you can complement, supplement your um, your retirement with and take some tax-free loans out. Just, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, get more detail on, the informa- on that, you could definitely come in. It gets a little bit more detailed. We have to go through illustrations and show you, you know, historical performance on how that really works. Some great things to think about in terms of taxes, Mike, some pros and cons um, of different types of accounts. But I guess ultimately you should be, if you are planning for retirement, you should have tax planning as a key part of that, right? Absolutely. That We look at uh, taxes every time we do a retirement plan. Um, we're building that out for somebody. Um, it doesn't matter if you have 100000 or if you have $5 million, It doesn't matter. We, we, do a, we look at the tax situations and how you get better that. We're showing you where your taxes are today and where they um, will be in the future if you don't do anything. But we're going to adjust your plan to maximize your tax situation. And I think that's important uh, to find out and who is, who is doing that for you today. And even knowing when you need to take money out of your accounts, which account is going to benefit you the most. And so that's another thing we help with you, with our clients tax-wise. You know, is it, your money going to come out of your Roth? Is it going to come in your IRA? Is it going to come out of your non-qualified investments? Or it could be possibly some life insurance. So um, that could be a possibility as well. So the key is working with somebody who is tax-aware, tax-conscious, and it's going to help your accounts grow more effectively. 
Great stuff. Well, again, principalpreservationservices.com is the website. You can connect with Mike. Make sure you are doing this tax planning and, and discuss whether or not some of these products make sense for you or whether you should try something else. But the key is to have a plan for everything that you do. All right, mailbag time. Mike, we've got a couple questions to get to today on the podcast. Great. How about uh, this one from Ben? He says, I've owned my business for 20 years. I'm thinking about retirement within the next three or four years. Am I better off to try and sell the business or retain ownership and hope my employees can run it effectively without me actually being there? Yeah, it sounds great to have that hope in your employees. I don't know what your employee situation is. If you have some long, long-term employees that you have think they have the capability of doing that. Uh, you know, the old saying is, you know, when the cat's away, the mice play. <laughs> and I think if the employees don't have any skin in the game, any ownership percentage of that business is probably not going to work. You know, they have they have to have some kind of skin in the game if you think they can just run it the way you want it to be run. And so if you have some employees that might be interested in buying it, maybe they have a, a smaller percentage, they have an incentive to do that, or you can give the employees ownership, you know, doing like an ESOP, they can get a, you know, um, ownership in the company. If the business is doing well, give an incentive to work hard. Most people that we're working with, business owners, um, they don't. You're still going to be involved some way uh, if you do it that way. But if you just sell it outright um, and get a big payoff, or get get a big down payment and get that payoff within three years or five years, uh, that might be the better situation for you, uh, unless you have really good confidence in your employees. Thanks for that question, Ben. Uh, one more from Olivia. She says our long-term care premiums are going up this year and pretty significantly. Should we just pay the extra cost or cancel it and take our chances? Yeah, that's a tough one. We would really, we've had a few of these come in, um, you know, each year and we look at them uh, because as the rates go up, they said you get these options. You can pay the higher premiums or you can keep the premiums the same, but we're going to reduce your benefits or you can, you know, reduce even more, you know, and give you these options because the older you get, the higher percentage chance they know you're going to be using that long-term care coverage. And so... Um, it's really, you should really set a review with uh, somebody who can understand and give you some good guidance with that. Because the worst thing you want to do is you pay in for, you know, 15 years, 20 years, and then you just cancel it. And then that's when you need it. So if you can afford it, I think keep it. If you can't afford it, uh, you have to look at some other options with that. That's why, you know, these pay-as-you-go type long-term care plans, I know, Olivia, that sounds like the one you have is uh, we're not, you know, a huge fan of. Um, what we do is asset-based long-term care here is so when people actually put, you know, assets into the long-term care, you pay it up front or you pay it over a period of years, and then the, the, rate, the rates can't change at all. And once it's paid, they can't change the plan on you. And if you don't use the long-term care, that money goes back directly to your beneficiaries as tax-free, uh, as a tax-free uh, benefit. So um, that's what we're a fan of um, because this, these hikes that go up periodically over time can be outrageous and kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth every time they raise your rates. Thanks for that question, Olivia. And Ben, we pr appreciate both of you for sending it in to us here on the show. If you have questions for us, principalpreservationservices.com is the website. You can send it in there. And also you can uh, access our podcast, other resources that Mike provides, and get in touch with the team there as well. Mike, we appreciate it as always. Tax planning has got to be top of mind, especially as we close out the year. And I encourage anyone that has those questions to talk to you. But we look forward to talking to you again soon. Me too, Ben. Looking forward to it. And we'll be doing some tax seminars late in the year as well. 
Great. You can find that information again online. And if you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.